0: Turn in your Bible to two passages. Go to b- the Book of Acts, and then backtrack to John chapter ten. Uh, and I am going to just share a message from you that uh, uh, message for you today uh, that is just kind of going to hopefully move us into a direction that will be radically transformative in our lives. I want to talk to you today about learning to listen. And then I want to give you a simple New Testament pattern to hearing God. Uh, we need to hear God speak today. Uh, and so uh, with that in mind, let's as, as, if you're in John 10 and Acts one, uh, let's pray and ask God to speak to us today so we can hear him better. Father, we thank you that through your word you speak to us. But Lord, sometimes uh, you speak, uh, Lord God, through people and, and means. In fact, you could even speak through a donkey. So today I feel comfortable that possibly you might use me to help others hear God. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Let's read the red for a moment this morning in John 10, just to get us started. Uh, It's about the true shepherd. Anyone know the name of the shepherd? What's his name? His name is? Jesus, amen. Most assuredly, this is read, Jesus says this, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheepfold by the door, uh, uh, let me start over, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Everybody go, Amen. The sheep hear his voice. Amen. And he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they, for they know his what? Voice, Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of strangers. Let me just say to you, God wants to uh, develop such a relationship with you that you know his voice and when he is speaking to you. How many times have you said you're hearing something and you think, well, I hope that's God speaking to me. Aren't you glad Patsy went ahead and believed God was speaking to her this morning? You know, and how many come on, How many of you just, you've heard something in your heart, and man, you thought, hmm, I wonder if God's speaking to me. You just had a question mark. How many of you want to erase that question mark to where you know you're hearing God? In fact, I've heard people come and say, God spoke to me something. I said, what did he tell you? And they tell you something that's absolutely unbiblical. I'm just, well, I, I want to pop your bubble or anything but God didn't speak to you well how to come because it's not biblical so there's ways and means to validate the, the word of the Lord in fact from a prophetic standpoint what does scripture say when someone says thus saith the Lord uh, old, the New Testament says let two or three uh, you know elders in the church just judge it and validate that God's really speaking so but it doesn't mean God doesn't want to speak to us he really does want to speak to us and so but we've got to learn to listen everybody say you got to listen How many of you parents have ever tried to get your kids to listen to you when they didn't want to? How many of you have some good friends who they're not so excited about listening, they just want to talk? Have you ever met anybody while you're talking, they're interrupting? They don't want to hear what you have to say. They just want you to hear what they have to say. I wonder what God thinks when all we want to do is let Him hear what we have to say. How many of you know God wants to speak to us? I said, how many of you want to know God wants to speak to us? He really does. And when it comes to listening, most people are more concerned about being heard than hearing. When it comes to your prayer life and your communion with God, most of us are more concerned. Uh, In fact, most of us here at one point have asked the question, I wonder if God's even hearing me. Have you ever said, are you listening to me? I, I, I'm, I've been thinking about this. I didn't have, I had limited internet access this week. Somebody said, oh, help him, Jesus. In fact, I told all our team, we were down in the, uh, uh, we'd been, well, I, I got to move on. But I, I told them, I said, my name is Pastor Sam Walker. I am an internet addict. I made my confession because we didn't have internet access, and so I've spent some time pondering and thinking, and, and and I'm thinking about this, and and I think I'm thinking one of the big secrets to being heard by God. We all want God. David said, "I cried unto the Lord with my voice, and He heard me out of His holy hill." How many of you would like that access to God? Well, the Bible says, "Call unto Him, and He will." answer you and so we do uh, cry out to him but here's what I'm thinking about Uh, one of the real secrets to communication effective communication is not just talking louder or even more often but taking time to listen and that creates an atmosphere of communion rather than just you talking and somebody else listening You see, prayer in relationship with God is not you talking and God listening. It's us communing together with the Father and then allowing Him to speak with us. The the sheep know His voice and they follow Him because they know His voice. You see, there are people here today, you've been listening to all the wrong voices. And there are a lot of voices in this in this world we live in. Some of you came today and you got voices in your head. You don't want anybody to know it. But man, uh, all kinds of things are speaking to you. Your troubles are speaking to you. Your unforgiveness is speaking to you. Your depression is speaking to you. The devil is speaking to you. Your flesh is speaking to you. Your wife, oh, better not put her in that me, I better back up. But there comes a time when we've got to position ourselves to hear God. Because nothing wrong with God's mouth either. I think the question we need to be asking is not is God hearing us. We need to be asking what's God saying to us. We ask ourselves, I wonder if God's even listening to me. We need to be asking what's God saying to me. In fact, when you look at Jesus and His ministry uh, you know in Matthew, and really, gosh, uh, in fact, Matthew eleven fifteen, 15, He says, He who has ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. In fact, in, Uh, Three of the Gospels, two of the Gospels, he says it three different times. In, In Matthew, he says it three different times, three different places. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying, what God is saying. And then Luke, the same thing three times, uh, or two times in Luke and two times in Mark, uh, uh, but uh, over and over, uh, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. And then we but then we get all the way to Revelation when the resurrected Christ shows up with John on the aisle called Patmos. The first thing the resurrected Christ says, "Hey John, uh, after you get up off the ground as a dead man, I need you to take your pen and paper, whip out your computer, and take notes. I've got some letters I want." want to write to seven churches I got something to say to the church for goodness sake and I need you to type it up and take care of it and at the end of every letter all seven churches he says and let hey he who has an ear to hear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church so the better question is, is not is God hearing me uh, uh, the best question is am I hearing God Because he has something to say. Amen. Amen. I miss Sunday. I'm ready. I've been. In fact, my prayer. I had to walk up a hill about 100 yards. Every morning at 530 or so. when I'd get up in the dark. With the dogs barking. I'd walk up this hill to on the top part of a kind of a balcony area of my friend Tom Schaefer's home and the time I got up there I was wide awake <sighs> Man, I'd get up there and just and I did my best let me hear what you have to say to me and what you have to say to the churches amen so with that in mind, I want to give you a little, pa- I want to just give you some simple thoughts and I know it's a little late and I'm not going to belabor the point, but uh, if you're in, in the book of Acts, I want to give you a little New Testament pattern for hearing God. Here we go. The first, I'm just going to give you some little thoughts and read a couple scriptures and then we'll get to one and we'll finish up pretty quick. A New Testament pattern to hearing God. Here, here's the first thought before the spirit of God began to speak, the people of God began to seek. You see, these disciples, the only connection they really had to hearing God was through Jesus who came as the son of God and they listened to his words. And then he, then, you know, he rose from the dead. Then he spent time with them, speaking to them things concerning the kingdom of God. But he was the voice of God in their life. And really in the Old Testament there were prophets who would speak for God and uh and and hear God. In fact, one other, one young man by the name of Samuel. It's interesting. We'll talk about it more. In the Old Testament, uh he served and ministered to the Lord. First Samuel 3, he ministered to the Lord. It was say minister to the Lord. Uh, and and he served Eli and God began to speak to him. And he was God's voice. God began to speak to him. But there, and you get to the, uh, Acts chapter 1 and 2, uh, there was no real voice of God. In fact, between Malachi and the New Testament, there was silence from God. 400 years, God no talking. No speaking. See, I've been in Mexico. No speaking. Inglésia. No, speaking nothing. God's not talking, but for 400 years. And then Jesus comes along and he begins to position the church to hear God. And he says, listen, I'm going to leave you, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit and he's going to help you, comfort you. He's going to guide you. He'll speak to you. I'm not done speaking. Uh, but uh, what happened was he told them to go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the father. And here's a principle you need to understand about hearing God. Before the spirit of God began to speak to this new church that he was about to birth he began they began to seek the lord if you want god to speak you got to begin to seek it says call unto me and i will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you know not so here's a principle you uh, you want to hear god you better seek god and i'm not talking about that you know they weren't just praying now i lay me down to sleep i pray the lord my soul to keep if i should die before I week i pray the lord my soul to take it says that in Acts chapter 1 that they were uh, in one accord in prayer and supplication. I'm telling you, they had their prayer britches on. They had their supplicating britches on. They were, they were getting down into the prayer trenches. When's the last time? You got beyond, bless me Jesus, I'll see you later, I hope the check is in the mail kind of prayer. And you began to seek him. And you began to supplicate and cry out to God. Lord, here am I. Speak, Lord, as Samuel said, for your servant is listening. If you want him to speak, you've got to start to seek. Number two, when the people of God began to seek, the Spirit of God began to sound. Acts chapter 2 I loved it how many of you know when when the Holy Ghost shows up there's a sound a, a spiritual sound they heard an actual physical sound but it says when the Holy Spirit came upon them, suddenly there was a sound as, a, as of a mighty rushing wind they began to hear the sound of the spirit they were sensitive to the things of God they were sensitive to the spirit of God they were receptive to the spirit of God and God began to prepare them because they began to seek God to pour out his spirit upon them, not just so he could speak to them, but so he could speak through them. Amen. And so when the people began to seek, the Spirit of God began to sound. Now turn to Acts 13, two. Number three, ministry to the Lord always precedes a manifestation from the Lord. Ministry to the Lord always precedes a manifestation from the Lord. Let me just give it to you. Let me just get it down. How many of you know, guys, if your wife, if you're just sitting at home in the easy chair, and your wife brings you, you know, a nice... Iced tea, just like you like it, you're easy to Oh yeah Then she brings you popcorn or whatever. And then as you're sitting there going, what in the world? She comes down and said, I know you've had a rough day, honey. Let me just rub your feet, massage your feet, bless your heart. Say, I have vision for the future, hallelujah. <laughs> and she starts rubbing your feet, and you're sipping on your iced tea, and you're Munching on your popcorn and thinking, "I've done dying, gone to heaven." That ministry will precede a manifest- a response from you. You just can't help it. Hallelujah! A little to the left, little to the little to the left, little. To, oh man! Now, when we began to minister to the Lord. It will precede. That's a predecessor to God's unstoppable. I mean, it's it's like this is. I'm just telling you, this is guaranteed. To get God a a response from God. Let's talk about it. Uh, So it says in Acts chapter uh 13, 1 and 2. Now the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas Simon, who was Barnabas Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, and they ministered to the Lord and fasted. And the Holy Spirit said, now separate unto me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. And then having fasted and prayed, they laid hands on them and sent them away. Did you see that? As they were ministering to the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Now, ministry to the Lord is much more than a sing song alone. Whoo, man, we had great church. Boy, that new song. whoo! we knocked it out of the ball. Man, those drunk. That was awesome. Boy, we minister, That's uh, that's not this word. Sometimes we think we've ministered to the Lord, and we just entertained a few folks. Sometimes we think we're ministering to the Lord when we get to church on time. About half of you didn't get there. Then I was watching. This word, ministered to the Lord, means much more than a good song service. It means this. It means to worship. It means to serve. It means to obey. Are you with me? It means to worship God. It means to serve God. It means to obey God. And all three of these are joined at the hip. And you can't get one from the other. You see, some people come to church and they say they've worshipped God, but they don't obey Him through the week. And they think they've been ministering to the Lord. No, you've just been a little hypocritical. See, ministry to the Lord is much more than just some little, you know, religious duty we think we pull off, and God just revs His button. Uh, you know, he goes, ooh, I can't. No, they ministered to the Lord. They worshiped him. They served him. And, and they obeyed him. This was not just a little time of prayer that they had every once in a while. This was a lifestyle of, of, of focusing upon him. And as they ministered and they realized they had some things to accomplish, they heated it up. And they began to minister to the Lord. And they began to fast. And the Holy Spirit spoke and he said separated me Barnabas and Saul and so so what you need to understand that ministry to the Lord clears the spiritual atmosphere for God to speak amen ministry to the Lord What, what is it that ministry to the Lord it's to worship to serve and to obey him amen And who were they doing this to? Everybody say the Lord. The Lord. Who's the Lord? This word Lord means supreme authority. Everyone say supreme authority. In other words, they were, they had positioned themselves in a place of submission to, to the Lord as supreme authority in their life. Listen, if he's not Lord of your life and you, and you want him to talk to you and speak to you and minister to you, you have it all backwards. And so they understood he was the Lord. It says, as they ministered to the Lord, the supreme authority in their life. You see, submission to the Lord releases the presence of God in your life and the, and the, and the manifestation of God. The more you yield to him as Lord, the more, the more inclined he is to your voice. Amen. They minister to the Lord. He was their supreme authority. I love the story of Samuel. I'm, I mentioned it to you. You know, Samuel, the story is, uh, Eli, in, in fact, you know, Eli was, 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 he was out of sync with what God was doing. And God hadn't spoken in 400 years. Eli never heard God speak to him, but he had an understanding enough that, uh, in the night Samuel, uh, he, he made sure the lights didn't go out in the temple. And let me just tell you, Samuel, even though God hadn't spoken, Samuel, the little boy, Samuel was close to the ark of God he stayed close to the temple that's what he did he served Eli and he served and it says I love this verse 1 it says and he ministered to the Lord he, he stayed let me tell you something proximity to the presence of God is hugely important in your life he didn't speak to Joe blow down the street snoring in the middle of the night he spoke to a little boy, Samuel. In fact, he'd call his name Samuel. And, he, and Samuel had never heard the voice of God, neither had Eli. He goes into Eli and said, uh, uh, do you need something? No, I didn't Say anything, goes back, lays down. Samuel, he gets up, uh, uh, Eli, uh, did, did you? I didn't say anything to you. Go back to sleep. I think it's three or four times. Finally, on the third time, Eli, you know, the light comes on. He says, I perceive maybe that God might be speaking to you. And so uh, when, he, when you hear it again, you just say, speak, Lord, for your servant here. And so here it goes, third or fourth time. I don't know if I've got all those numbers correct, but God says, Samuel. And Samuel goes, speak Lord catch this for your servant hears he didn't say speak Lord for your future prophet to the nation of Israel hears speak Lord because mighty man of God hears speak Lord because your servant hears so hey listen you got to understand, you got to position yourself in rightful proximity to God as his servant, as one who is submitted to him as the Lord. And then OMG, the next thing it says about, about these people who were seeking God. In fact, who were these people seeking God? They were prophets and teachers. They were people who God spoke to and spoke through. Let me just say, God wants to speak to and speak through you today. Amen. And they, they positioned themselves in right proximity. They ministered to the Lord. They worshiped and served the Lord. And they fasted. It's getting close to Thanksgiving. You better get this fasting thing done. They fasted. They went without food. Now, why do we go without food? And let me tell you, you remember what Jesus taught us in Matthew 6? He, he gave you the big three. We've got maybe the big two, but we don't want the big three. When you pray... When you give and when you fast. Everybody say, when you fast. Now you follow me here. I'm going to give you something that will change your life. When we fast, it's it's a denial of our flesh. And let me tell you, one of the biggest hindrances to you hearing God is not God not talking. It's your flesh getting in the way of hearing God. You know the flesh, don't you? You're sitting in church. You're, you're sitting in church. Oh, hallelujah. And all of a sudden, Paul said, You got to die to that. You got to crucify the flesh. These folks knew enough that if they're going to hear God, they got to tell the flesh to shut it up. You are not in charge of my life. I am not listening to your voice. In fact, I'm going to crucify you today. I'm not only not going to smoke, chew, or go with the girls that do. I'm not even going to eat. Now, catch this. When you subdue your flesh, your sensitivity to the Spirit of God begins to magnify. Because your flesh is subdued. Your spirit begins to awaken. And the spirit of God begins to move in your life. That's why Jesus said, when you pray, when you give and when you fast, He wasn't out just to keep us off the the good things of life. Jesus didn't, wasn't just trying to persecute us and tell us stop eating good and don't eat what you like. And and, and He He wasn't just trying to just hammer us and make us feel real low. And and, hey, He wanted to get us to a place. I feel this this morning. He wanted to get us to a place where our flesh has come to the place where it's subdued, where it has no voice in our life, where it has no control in our life, when the Holy Spirit is in charge of our life, and He can begin to speak to us, for goodness <laughs> who? Let me tell you something. Hearing God, listen, I'm going to close with a a verse and a statement. Here it is. Hearing God speak is not about you hearing what you want to hear. It's about hearing what He wants to say or what He wants you to hear. You know, we all want God to speak, but we want Him to say certain things. When God speaks, he's not just tickling our toes. He has something to say, not just to you, but he has something he wants to say. And it's not about you. Everybody say, it's not about you. It might be about you from the standpoint of Him saying to you, for example, if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Yeah, He speaks to us, but the purposes is for His kingdom purposes. Now listen, hear these, hear these preachers and these, these prophets and these teachers. They were seeking God. They were ministering to the Lord. They were worshiping, serving Him, obeying Him, recognizing Him as the supreme authority. In their life. They were putting aside the flesh. They were fasting and praying and putting aside the flesh and refusing to allow anything in their life to speak to them other than the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God began to move upon their life. And the Holy Spirit said, he said, separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work whereinto I have called them. And they laid hands and they prayed and fasted for more uh, over them some more. And they sent them out into the ministry. Listen, the reason God wants to speak to you is because there's a world that is lost and without Christ. There are people that need the Lord, and He's raising up voices in the earth today to speak to this world who is desperately lost and need a Savior in their lives. <laughs> Prophet Isaiah said this. It's prophetic to us today. Isaiah thirty twenty one. Your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way. Go yet. You can hear God. But I can guarantee you one thing when He begins to speak to you, it's not about you. It's about His plan in the earth. It's about how you and I can be His voice to a lost world. And you know what I know today? God's speaking to you today, many of you today, through old Pastor Sam. Going to be 60 next year. See, I've been I've been listening. last Sunday or the Sunday before I wasn't ready to hear God speak to me about that twinge of unforgiveness Even when he corrects us, it's so good. In fact, Hebrews says he loves, he, he chastens those whom he loves. It took eleven days. we were drilling water wells in Mexico, I was drilling me a well. where I could draw some water. It took 11 days for God to get through to me about one little old thing in my life that undoubtedly would be a hindrance to my future. What about you today? You want to hear God? He wants to speak to you. He wants you to be able to hear Him say, This is the